the mere notion of no individual people should invest in individual companies it's absolutely mind-boggling and uh, i do not understand it from stuckcard.io this is renegade investors the show that rebels against the conventional wisdom of investing we are hoda and arash your hosts and the co-founders of stockcard the conversation on this show is not investment advice the hosts and their guests may or may not have invested in the companies we discuss don't make investment decisions solely based on what you hear on this show Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Renegade Investors. As usual, I have Hoda, my partner in crime, with me here as well. Hey everybody. Today we are going to talk about the top seven misunderstandings um, about stock market investing. Most people, especially the um, younger audience and the younger people, don't get super excited about um, stock market investing. And when we talk about with our friends, everybody's super excited about startups, crypto, um, even real estate. Like I, w- I have lots of friends that they're saying, "Okay, I'm going to finance my house because." I wanna, um, uh, I wanna Airbnb it out. It's a good money. It's good investment. But when we come to stock market investing, the only thing I hear is wow, wow. So <laughs> it's actually nothing. This is why, and, and I asked the question straight away to Hoda. I think most people are not excited about stock market investing because of a few well-accepted misunderstandings. These misunderstandings that we're going to talk about them today are so widespread that most people use them as the main reasons to avoid investing in the stock market altogether. Oh, no. Uh, but the good news is that they're just misunderstandings. So if you understand them well, um, you can overcome this misunderstanding and get started with stock market investing, which is the good news. You know, actually, most of the successful stock market investors out there have found the way to overcome uh, such misunderstandings. So I think by going through it, we can get rid of them soon. Um, without further ado, let's just jump into it. This is going to be a countdown. It's going to start from number seven. And that is stock market is rigged against me. What's your thoughts on that, Hoda? Yeah, I really think that's number one misunderstanding about the stock market, especially from younger people. You know, people like us, the avocado generation, um, <laughs> we all we we all have in back of our minds that somehow these people in Wall Street um, have bad intentions and the system overall is rigged against us. I don't actually blame them because I myself uh, think that way somehow. Sometimes um, when you when you remember the financial crisis. You hear about, you know, Bernie Madoff scamming investors and stealing money from a lot of people. You hear just even like this past year, we hear about Wells Fargo uh, pulling off tricks on its um, and on its uh, users, the customers. It's very easy to believe that there's some evil corporation or evil group of people sitting on the other side and they're there to, to rip off us, you know, the individuals. But in reality, I don't know, what, Arash, what do you think about it? But in reality, 
stock market is just the marketplace, right? Um, you know, as you said, Airbnb, you know, that just kind of gave me a thought that Airbnb is a, is a, is a marketplace too. It's a marketplace for people's extra bedroom. Uh, and by itself, n- no market, Airbnb or stock market, uh, none of them are good or bad. Uh, the way people use it obviously could be good or bad, but specifically for stock market, it's a, such a long, it's been around for such a long time. There's so many regulations. There's government regulations. There's the scrutiny of public eyes um, on the stock market. It's really the bad actors are usually in most cases get caught and uh, the system and the regulations in place uh, to support and, you know, protect people like us. That's just a misunderstanding to believe a stock market is rigged against a specific set of people. Yeah, I agree with you, but uh, to be fair, this is an easy thing to um, understand in my opinion, but very difficult to accept, right? Um, And I say that because um, the examples of all these bad apples that you mentioned are like there's so many examples right so everywhere you look and every like you just think like you don't even have to go that far and you have examples of it and you know an analogy of it is if you hear a a plane crashed yesterday and you are on the plane today you are more scared right and this is the same case but i'm with you i don't believe stock market um is rigged against or um anybody per se but um this is difficult to accept sometimes, right? Um, Let's move on to number six, which is trading is same as investing. I I laughed a bit and Hoda is smiling here as well because I have a bit of a history with trading and how my thoughts on it, which I will go into it. But um, Hoda, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so you, I think everybody have this friend um, in their group of friends that say, uh, oh, when I was 22 years old, I had $10,000 in stock market and I traded and I lost all of it and I went broke and went back to my parents' basement and all that sort of stuff. It, it's kind of that kind of a story, but most of those stories that lost a lot of money, it's about trading and not investing. Arash, as you know, and we'll hear hear from you soon. <laughs> sure you will. Yeah, trading is when people try to predict the price movements of a stock for the next one minute or two minutes or 30 minutes or even like 30 days. It, it's basically purely a technical way of looking at the stock market and how the stock market moves. And it's a very, very difficult thing to predict. It's just how stock market is and how dynamic it is and number of variables that impacts the stock price um, of a company. Um, so there are a lot of examples of people lost significant amount of money when they tried to predict the direction of the market. Um, but what we are talking about, there's another way of participating in the stock market, and that's investing. You really need to differentiate these two, what is trading versus what is investing, and you can't really believe that stock market is going to be very difficult because because trading is difficult. If you are an investor, you're investing in companies that are uh, well-managed, they have strong operations, and then you're investing in them for years, you know, minimum a year or two years, three years. A lot of people actually hold on to their investments in the stock market for 
20, 30 years. And when you invest like that, the direction of the market, like for the next 30 minutes, doesn't matter. And um, in order to really participate and benefit from the stock market, you need to understand what kind of a participant are you. Investors are not losing money or having those crazy stories just same as um, uh, traders. Let's hear it from you, Arash. <laughs> Boys and girls, pull your chair closer to Uncle Arash as he's going to start um, on one of his famous rants, I would say. <laughs> or uh, um, I usually say it as Peter Griffin said it best. You know what grinds my gears? So from my point of view, the, uh, the root of this problem is with Hollywood, right? You know, when you watch any movie about stock market or investing or anything like that, it's all only see um, um, crazy men shouting at each other you see rush of adrenaline numbers moving up fast picking up the phone saying shouting bye bye sell sell you're a billionaire in the morning and uh, homeless uh, at night or vice versa that's the image that comes to everybody's mind as soon as you say uh, stock market or Wall Street. Even the the latest uh, movie, if I'm not mistaken, was Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Um, and when I think about it, the first thing that comes to my mind is when uh, Matthew McConaughey uh, bumping his chest uh, and mentoring Leo DiCaprio. Um, it, it was a fantastic scene and it was an awesome scene, but it was so weird and it doesn't actually showcase investing it showcases trading that's the culture and what they do in wall street in at least for those and in reality from my point of view investing is way more boring in a in a, in a very fantastic way. way in a good way uh, than what hollywood shows right that's that's i think the root cause of everybody says hey stock market that straight away their head goes into uh, into trading rather than investing now on the second part i am an outright denier of trading oh wow Yes, I don't believe this is my opinion. Um, and I will gladly talk more about it. We can even do another episode about like why and it will be fantastic. It's going to be like three hours of me ranting. So <laughs> like, oh, we all want to hear that. <laughs> so, so, but we're going to do, um, but from my point of view, I don't believe individuals. Uh, or even institutions can predict the market through technical analysis and historical price trends. The, it's not just possible. And it's um, if that was possible, someone would have done it already. The market just by that case is, would have crashed. There is going to be one simple answer, one algorithm that would have solved all of this. And the only way the institutions and Wall Streets are doing right now is they accept the loss if at the end of the... Uh, it's at the end of the day, they have a larger gain, right? And, um, and I talk to lots of traders. They tell me, yeah, the margin of error is like 30, 40%. But from my point of view is go to the roulette table, right? Yeah. Go and put your money in black or red. That's already good enough. And you actually going to start winning. I know it's binary. It's you win or you lose, but that's how it is exactly with trading, right? So. Um, having said that, um, closing my uh, rant book a bit for now, it's just for now, for all <laughs> those people that are listening because I rant, so don't worry, there's going to be more, I'm sure. Um, but this is a perfect segue for actually our entry number five, which is um, investing is same as gambling. What's your thoughts now on, uh, on that, Hoda? And I'll pass you the mic to you again. <laughs> yeah, that, this one really annoys me so much. Because people 
as you said, think investing in the stock market is just the same as playing on the slot machine. Uh, either you put your money and ding, 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 you're showered with dollar bills and dollar coins, or basically you keep putting your money and then you're losing all day. So you get either from 100 to zero or you double, triple, 10x your money in one shot. But in reality, stock market doesn't really operate that way. Um, obviously, stock market moves up and down, goes up and down. And if you put some of those like crazy penny stocks and things like that aside, it's rarely from 100 to zero. It's rarely you lose all of your money in one day. Even in the worst day on the history of the stock market, which is um, known as Black Monday in 1987, uh, the um, the biggest one-day drop in the stock market indices was a close to 23%. It's, it's really bad. I mean, you're losing 23% of your money. But even on the worst day, Black Monday um, of the stock market, it went down by 23%. So it's just a misunderstanding to believe that in the stock market, you can just lose all of your money, uh, you know, in one day or just gain a lot more. It's, it's far from the reality. It's, it's what people think about stock market. From my point of view, um, I think um, the root of this, again, is the previous point, right? They mix and match trading and investing to some extent. That's true. Right? I think it's really possible that they're going to be, again, another market crash, right? Yeah. For any given reason. We don't know when. We don't know. Is it going to be tomorrow, next week? Is it going to be 10 years from now? It can be like Australian stock market that um, didn't have a market crash for 25 years or like Japanese stock market, which was, I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Hoda, um, was um, in a crisis for 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but something similar to that. So, But it, it is going to happen. But even on the worst day, it's not like it's not binary. It's not win all or lose all, right? It's it's different. It's an investment. You grow it throughout time, and depending on what investments you pick or uh, how, um, it, it's just going to grow out throughout time or decline a bit like here and there. But that's investing. It's not trading. And from my point of view, and I'm agreeing with you, investing is definitely not same as gambling. It's actually, it's very educated and it's based on um, inputs and it's based on uh, um, how the market, how uh, how the company is operating, how uh, which market it is operating in and so on uh, other stuff, which is actually uh, educated discussion and educated pick. Uh, let's move on to... Our next number entry, number four. Yeah. You need to be a math whiz or have a PhD to invest in the stock market. And where, what do you think about that one? Yeah. Um, Arash, it's, it's, it's a misunderstanding as we talk about, uh, all day and through this, this countdown. Uh, people believe that if they want to invest, and the stock market, they need to be educated as a, in finance or, you know, in math, but they need to differentiate these two things. You need to be educated in finance or math if you want to build financial and manage financial products. So if you want to be a fund manager, if you want to sell you know, financial products or even even if you want to like work in a bank or even the stock exchange, those things 
just the same as any other profession, you need to be formally educated or like at least through the experience, learn how to do these things. But if you want to be an investor, you don't need to be formally educated because being an investor and making investment decisions is a logical process um, that anybody can go through. And I think, Arash, you had a conversation, like you and I had a conversation, you have a great analogy about um, about this, you know, this morning, I believe, when we were talking mm. about it. I always have great analogies. Which yeah. One? I don't know. I, I can't pick. <laughs> this one, specifically, <laughs> we talked about, <laughs> is about uh, the example of buying a house. Oh, yeah. Um, do you want to, talk about it it's similar as like buying a house right you don't need to be an architect and know how to build a house to be able to buy a house right you need to to have a high level understanding of hey is the market around the is the house located in a good area low crime rates um is it has a a good school district uh for example can i expect that this house is going to go um like um, increase its value throughout the year and so on and so forth but you don't need to be an architect it's the same thing for investing in a stock market you don't need to know how to build a financial product and have like go into details of those um, complex financial models exactly go to the um, complex financial models to be able to invest what you need to know from my point of view you need to still have a good business acumen right Mm -hmm. you need to have a high level understanding similar when you're investing in real estate uh, or buying your own house is like hey is this company um, operating in a growing market like is it um, can I assume that in future that market that this company is working is still growing or is the market is the company operating in uh, um, operationally is strong, right? These are like, you don't need to be a math whiz. You don't need to have a PhD. You need to have a high level, good understanding of high level overview of the company, which I can easily say majority of the people have that. This is not like, this is acquired skill and like you can easily do that. You can learn um, it. Yeah, throughout time. And I actually did a very, very quick um, um, research about it and I I said like, okay, let's put this to a test. Like if I take a couple of very successful um, investors in the world, right? The top um, investors, are they actually, all of them have uh, like PhD in math or finance or do they have all CFAs or anything like that? I took four. It's definitely not statistically significant. It's a sample. Uh, but outside Buffett, yes, Buffett manages a, a fund. So he designs he's the architect in the in that analogy right but he himself he has a master in finance but if you go to like Carl Icahn right he's um, I would say one of the most famous investors his net worth is 17 billion or something like that he was known as a baby Buffett I believe at some point like Time Magazine called him the next Buffett or something like that yeah there you go he actually has a bachelor in arts and philosophy I don't know why you go for philosophy but anyways I'm not here to judge that but uh, then you go to Charlie Munger right he's actually Buffett's um, partner right and they manage that mutu- that fund that they have for Berkshire and um, he actually has a, a impressive law degree from Harvard but it's not a financial degree or you have Peter Lynch. You cannot say Peter Lynch is not a successful investor. And then he has an MBA. Again, MBA gives you a good high level understanding and everything like that, but it's not a math whiz or you don't need to run like fantastic and very sophisticated algorithm to be successful, right? 
Again, um, the broken record here, that mentality and misconception, it's because people think, again, trading versus um, investing, right? Now let's um, um, move on to number three. You need to keep up with the news all the time to win in the stock market. Yeah, this one is a hard one to um, argue, but let's let's give it a try. The reason behind it is that the financial news out there is everywhere. Even the even the news channels or news sources that are not financial news, they talk about what the companies are doing all the time. So the volume of the pieces of news that comes to you every day, every second is just too much. Um, so naturally you think that, okay, if there's so much news out there, I need to keep up with all of that in order to be successful. But in reality, what you think about it is that how the, how the business news or business channels work is that that's their business model they can't just sit down and you know every quarter or every couple of weeks to just say one thing about one company and then they go quiet their business model is creating excitement and almost entertainment news these days is out there to entertain you rather than to inform you Um, so they have to go with this minute by minute news and sort of create this emotional reaction to the these these overly positive or overly negative news so that people click on their website and buy their magazines or read at all time and kind of get hooked. Um, But just because there is a big volume of news out there, it doesn't mean that you have to keep up with it. You need to understand the business model of these news channels and news sources is to to entertain you um, and keep you hooked as opposed to inform you. If you understand that, you will really feel free that you don't need to keep up with this minute by minute in order to be able to be a good investor. I 100% agree with how you tackled that one. I hear this a lot, right? Like I hear people saying, hey, to be able, I can't invest or I don't want to invest uh, in stock market because hey, I'm, I'm not able, um, um, because I won't be able to succeed because my hand needs to be on the pulse of the news 24-7. And in reality, that's not the case. I understand where the misconception is coming and I'm adding to what Hoda mentioned as well is... Unfortunately, to some extent, media has gone from reporting news to creating entertainment uh, with information, right? So similar to any like series, the majority of media play with people's emotions. But the difference is that um, usually the basis is actual events and facts rather than fiction, right? And, and just to be clear, I'm not talking about um, the fake news term being thrown around. This is not it. I'm just mainly talking about the delivery method of all the news agencies and so on and so forth. Um, I even remember, like, do you remember, like, when it was, like, 2008 and um, the market crisis hit, um, all the news channels had a live countdown with the big red letters were saying, are we in route to second depression and blah, 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 blah. Again, playing with emotions, right? Yeah. That's how they catch the um, viewership and they're trying to go. But in reality, you don't need to like always 24-7 be glued to the news, to like social media or to anything else. You need to, as Hoda mentions, have a good understanding of the business model of a company because you're investing for the long term. Like day-to-day stuff, like rarely, rarely it's actually important. The other thing we have to remember is that so there's the volume of the news that is out there 
obviously, as we've just been talking about. And the other one is this whole need to create emotions for the news, right? You know, there was a great conversation in, on our uh, Intelligent Investors Facebook group a couple of weeks ago, or actually, I don't know if you remember, but they were talking about how CNN is using oh, yeah. political news and financial news and broadcast them like a sports broadcasting, you know, and you see like these panels and they're arguing to you know, with each other and you hear countdowns and things like that. So news, as we said, these days is just designed to create very emotional reaction, either positive or negative. Um, but you, uh, if you're smart investor you recognize that and you know naturally they create these these things because they want you to click on it if there was a company if there was a news about a company let's say company x and they had a quarterly earnings and everything was okay and just like the number of users went down um if the if the cnn comes and say or like whatever news channel you're listening to comes and say um a company X is just doing very well. Everything's okay. Everything's on track. Um, you just have to monitor the number of users for the next quarter to just see if there's anything there to pay attention. Um, nobody's going to click on it. Everybody's just going to move on and that, that news channel going to use, lose its audience. But they change that title or headline and say, company X is losing X percent of its users, right? And everybody's like, oh my God, let me click on it. I'm going to go bankrupt because I have one stock of this company. So you just have to, <laughs> I just have to, you just have to recognize that the difference between what what's information and what's news. Yeah, good point. Now, okay, let's move on to number two, right? Someone somewhere can predict the stock market. As we get down to number one, it's getting more and more difficult to argue. This one, especially because of all the advancements in technology, and these days we hear AI and artificial intelligence and algorithms and things like that, people believe there is a tool somewhere called crystal ball that you can look into <laughs> it and basically figure out the direction of the market. But one thing, I've spent hours actually researching this thing, but one thing I've learned is that um, it, I actually learned it through reading George Soros's, um, uh, some of the quotes and some of the conversations he've had. As you know, he's a very well-known uh, trader um, out there and he has a fund and everything. Um, and he basically talked about how stock market is a chaotic system. And chaotic system is a system that the mere act of in um, predicting the direction of it results into the change in the direction of the market um, and you know just basically exactly. if you just predict the direction of the market you're going to act on it and when the significant number of people act on it that that that's you know buying and selling as a result of prediction will change the direction of the market and then the other one is just the the, the problem of data and availability of data you know Arash as we were building a stock card and we were looking for finding reliable sources of information and yeah. data into a stock card how difficult it is to get reliable clean um, structured, structured data, data yeah. um, even unstructured data but reliable and understandable data uh, out there it's about the stock market it's not people think there's all sort of information is available but for an algorithm to really 
consider all possible variables impacting the price of a stock market, we don't even have the data input required. I hope, you know, in, in our, within our age, you know, until we're, we're alive on this, on this earth, we see the day that algorithms can be smart enough and the data inputs are out there that we can predict the direction of the market. But so far, it's not, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, I, Again, we go back to my point of um, why I don't think trading is possible. I don't think like we will ever hit that point, Hoda, um, to, to, to the extent to exactly the point of um, George Soros's point. Um, like if someone has already predicted or will come up with a prediction model that is 100% accurate or even with like strong accuracy, high accuracy of like 80% above, it, it will impact the market so drastically that, um, that it's actually going to impact, I think, negatively the market, right? Mm-hmm. So, so to be honest, like right now, who's the the wealthiest man alive is, uh, what is it, Jeff Bezos, right? Mm-hmm. Like north of 120 billion, 125 billion uh, net worth. Um, that's nothing to compare to someone that can actually thousand x their money uh, with uh, with 80 percent, 90 percent, 100 percent accuracy of the stock market, the direction of stock market. It's actually not possible, right? The, or someone would have already done it, right? Wouldn't Jeff Bezos wouldn't be the richest by having Amazon and being successful? A business owner, and but rather the richest person would have been a trader, right? It, it, it's like that. It's like um, like time machine. Hey, time machine is not. There's no time machine. If if there's a time machine, okay, I'm. If it's going to be there, someone is going to come next to me right now. Let's wait at this given moment. And no, there's nobody comes here. I'm not saying. By the way, I'm not saying time machine is possible or not. That's a different story. It was just an analogy, and you know, I love analogies. Mm-hmm. Anyways. From my point of view, uh, it's not possible, and um, I don't think um, we can predict or someone somewhere can predict the market um, strong enough that to be able to be always win and be super, super successful. Yeah, you may have like a friend or you may have read an article somewhere online that somebody predicted the direction of market five times. but. First of all, you don't know how many times they not predict that the direction of market and they lost the money. They just talk about the five that they did. And also, you know, they, they might have gotten lucky five times. And the, just like what Arash said, there is no one who has been able to predict the direction of market consistently uh, over the course of many, many days or many, many years. And if there was someone like that, that person or that company would have been the richest um, richest person or company on earth and we don't have it it's just a fiction yeah 100% agree with that one we're getting um, almost to the end number one individual people should not invest in individual companies um, so Hoda can you first and foremost tell what that means and then say why you um, dispute this the mother of all misunderstandings about the stock market. Individual people like you and I should not go and try to pick individual companies and invest in it because no one can consistently invest and pick good companies. And because tomorrow the stock price of the company that you pick might go down and you may panic and you may sell it and you basically do weird things and strange things that you should not do. That's for those reasons people should skip investing in individual companies and instead invest in average indices that are just kind of tracking the market and be happy with the average return of the market. So that's what what's 
what's out there. And there's like tons of tons of research and article done about it. I also have a story because the reason it's very difficult to dispute this is because it's it's a belief of very smart and well-educated and people that believe that should not happen. I remember actually um, when I was quitting my job uh, to to start Stockard, I had a conversation with a VP of um, one of the VPs that that at the company, a technology company I was working with, and this guy has an MBA and he, he comes from consulting background. He he's very smart, has a lot of experience, and in the company itself, he's in charge of millions of dollars, and he's the one who makes the investment decisions. For that money that he's in charge, he allocate people and money to different projects. All day in and out, he's making investment decisions for the mm-hmm. company's money. But when I told him I'm going to start Stockard, he said, well, there is a school of thoughts that believe individual people should not invest in individual companies. Why do? What do you have to say against that? And that's just absolutely uh, mind-boggling to me because this guy, on one hand, makes investment decisions for the company's money every day, but he believes that he should not invest in individual companies. That's just the biggest misunderstanding that's out there. To me, it's like you say to people, because going on a diet or sticking to a good nutritional regimen um, and uh, you know following a good workout routine it's difficult no individual people should try to become fit or it's like saying because going to school is time consuming and you may not like one topic in the school or you may fail one single exam or two exams of all the exams you're taking you better skip you know getting educated and you should be fine with what you can pick up the, the, in the streets, just kind of interacting with people. The mere notion of no individual people should invest in individual companies, it's absolutely mind-boggling, and uh, I do not understand it. I'm with you. And one of the reasons, there's two reasons from my point of view, I think this misconception, and it's so widespread, and then the, all the financial people or people that are living and working in the financial industry and Wall Street actually echo this quite often, right? Mm -hmm. So two reasons, I think they don't want individual people to do this because their incentives is aligned for people not investing themselves, right? Because they want you to use um, investment advisors, right? That's how their incentives are, right? So one is that I think it's, not dishonesty, but it's borderline dishonesty. And that's why they say, hey, no, 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 you, you, you shouldn't do it. You are allowed to go buy a house for yourself, right? It's still, depending on where you are, it's between like three, four, five hundred thousand dollars to all the way to a couple of million dollars. And that's okay, but you should not invest ten thousand dollars of your money, five thousand dollars of your money or anything yourself in anything. Give it to us, we'll invest it for you, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, I find that dishonest on on the other side of this coin though is i think you yourself said as well investing is investing is easy but hard to master or something like that you 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 have a saying similar to that and the reason is it hard to master and i agree with that is because there is so many behavioral fallacies people have right yeah but i mean if you look at all successful investors they all make their own investment decisions 
So sure, you have to learn some basic information yeah, as, as you're talking else. about it. And then as Yara, she said, you need to learn how to not to be emotion about, emotional about your investments and your investment decisions. But this is, this is totally an acquired skill that can be done. The mere notion of no individual people should not invest in the stock market on their own is absolutely ridiculous in something that if you look at successful investors, you easily find examples of people who, who have done it and who've been very successful and you can do it too exactly 100 agree with you okay that's, that's it, it folks this was the top seven misunderstandings about stock market investing um i hope you enjoyed it our website is stockcard.io stockcard is a cheat sheet for long-term stock market investors sign up and create a free account with one click all right, folks, that's it for this episode of Renegade Investors. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you had fun listening to us, give us a review. We read all of your reviews and comments. You may even get featured in the future episodes. Promise to have a three-hour episode with all my rants about trading. We're all waiting to hear that. <laughs>